1: talking about old movies we're, we're gonna pick it up with this is my point be that you guys that what you said earlier is really interesting that you can't really connect you don't really connect with movies really before the 70s as much and i get it i mean right. this acting style is different the way yeah. they shoot them it's a little they're slower they're uh the music is the it just sounds the scores might sound a little weird to you compared to a modern score and certainly the like just the vernacular of w- the die the vernacular of the dialogue push all of these things push you away yes. from being um, what we talked about earlier right being right. immersed in a movie yeah. isn't that the goal of the whole thing yeah it's harder I to guess, get into the avatar when it's so Yes, it's hard it's so. to avatar it yeah. <laughs> perfect perfect Dave, perfect so all of this is really hard to avatar when you're all of these things are pushing you away you're like yeah. oh why is the uh, Humphrey Bogart talking with that weird voice or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get all of it. And I can understand why people are just like, I don't have time. I don't time. It sounds feels like homework <laughs> right. for me to see an yeah. old movie. <laughs> I love old movies, especially movies before my time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, because I'd like to be kind of avatared into that world, but it right. takes a little bit of takes a little bit to get in there. It does take a little bit to get in there. And that's why. I'd like to see all these movies on the big screen because it gives me the best chance to avatar that film.
0: Now I'm curious, you know, obviously you love getting uh, immersed in those old films. I do Mm -hmm. too. It just, I don't, I don't know if this is the case for you guys, but sometimes it takes me a couple watches. Like I'll get like, you know, 30, 40 minutes in and I'm just like, uh, I'm done for now. And then I'll, (laughs) I'll try again in a, in a few weeks And then, you know, by the time I finally watch it all, I'm like, oh my God, I totally appreciate this. Are you, I mean, does that make sense? Do you guys uh, relate to that? It does.
1: It does. And I, I, I'm the, I would never want a movie going experience to be like homework. Like, oh, I have to power through this so I can tell somebody (laughs) that I saw, you know, the the bicycle thief. You know, if you don't (laughs) like it, you don't like it. Right. You don't have to like it. Right. So it's, um, But it's also interesting when you just think of yourself in this ever evolving story of film. And when you guys jumped on in the eighties and then like, for example, that movie Titanic, that Cameron movie, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, James Cameron. There's so much, like all the kids I teach are all born in 2000 or 1999 or so. They never saw that movie in the theater. Right. So for them, Their movie going experience is going to be different than yours Mm -hmm. and which will obviously be different than mine or somebody different. So it's I just I'm in because I'm a historian. I'm into that story as well. You're like, oh, wait a minute. That actor was in this movie. No No. wait, Jack Lemmon is in a Billy Wilder movie, but he's also in. Gary Glenn Ross this is phenomenal now
0: a, as a you know historian person yeah. you know you're a history buff everything like that are you more interested in older movies to the story or are you are you more interested in how it was made you know the um you know what was going on during that time what was you know uh just, not- yeah, I mean, h- how it was made, just the actual production history. Are you more interested in that or are you more interested well, in? Well, I
1: can ask you the same question about yeah. you watching Star Wars for the first yeah. time. Were you interested in how it was made or you're just no. like, oh, I heard this was a good movie. What is this thing?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I, I I get what you're saying there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> as as a kid watching Star Wars for the first time, I was just amazed by oh my god, there's robots. Oh my god, there's right. aliens. You know, it's it's just you know you're immersed in a world. Um, but obviously, it seems like you are also interested in, and which I am too, is the history and the what when, I am a little what, bit,
1: but that's secondary to me. Okay. I'm all about the the Avatar experience. Okay. I'm all about yeah. the being immersed in this world and like oh this is delightful this is incredible this is i mean obviously they're working with such small obviously everything changed in 1968 when they started rating movies because before then every movie had to be couldn't be this couldn't be that it couldn't be you know you had a a commission the hayes commission and stuff and the, the
0: so they were you couldn't swear and all right. of that, so and now I have a little trivia for you i'm sure yes. you already i'm sure you already know it but uh <laughs> what what- what was the first p g thirteen movie I think it's one of the indiana jones movies right that's right yeah, which temple one is of, it which one temple is it? temple of doom the temple of doom yeah. Yep. yeah second one yep that's when uh Spielberg uh I, I'm not sure exactly how he did it, but yeah, that's how he got it to be PG-13 instead of, uh, instead of R, because uh, right. it wasn't going to be PG because of the, you know, violence. He got a guy ripping out some but, guy's heart. But This <laughs> goes
1: back to what we were talking about in episode one, which was that they were very, these blockbuster movies were very conscious of making sure kids could go to these movies. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that Absolutely. was a big part of the movie. It's not like, uh, seven or
0: something where you're like, okay, this is not for kids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to show my 10 year old seven Right, quite quite yet. So,
2: (laughs) And this is interesting because in the beginning, in the, in the beginning of the first episode, what felt like a digression, it really isn't because it's really kind of the same theme. And I'm talking about, we're talking about sports. We're talking about music. We're talking about movies, things before our time. And, you kind of have to reach back a little bit to make that cultural connection and it, it is an active thing you can be very passive I guess as as it's, it's easy to be which is just to, to absorb the things of your time and then just kind of move forward or you only look back a certain a certain period but in fact you can learn a lot about the world if you do if you can take that time, And and to get yourself immersed, to do the avatar, to get in there, like just I'll I'll give an you know uh, maybe an obvious one, but it's a wonderful life is one of my absolute favorite movies. And for whatever reason, I didn't have such a hard time getting into that one. I don't know why, um, because I feel maybe just because it's so universal of a film. But that's one I got no problem with that, and I want my you know my kids, my grandkids, their kids and grandkids to watch that movie because they can learn something about the world and just about America. Maybe you know when they watch it,
1: right? And that movie's from. 1946 right. so that's before all of our time exactly right? yeah so that, that's a great i mean you know, oh
0: you're not you're not that old Wayne? <laughs> not <laughs> Okay, guys. Just, bu- just busting chops. This is going to be the runner. This is going to be the thing. All right. Sorry. I'm sorry. Got it. My, social, secu- my
1: social security number is 18. I get it. <laughs> How much do you make a year before taxes? <laughs> um, all right. So, so, this is actually a very, this is a thing. So, I, I who knows if people are going to be interested in these movies, but I am because they were big blockbusters. So, for the 50s, Uh, again, I didn't see it in the theater, only saw it on television, believe Mm -hmm. it or not, a Paramount movie called The Ten Commandments. Yeah. Yep. Did you? That was a big, there was two movies when I was a kid that played on television once a year. And then one was The Ten Commandments, which played around Easter Mm -hmm. slash Passover for the Jews. And then two was a movie called The Wizard of Oz, which – it would, and I, they would just play it once a year, and it was a big event to see this movie. Yeah, That didn't exist at all for you guys growing up, right? There was not, because you had video stores, I guess, from when you were born, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, like
2: the television event really... Didn't really exist for us. Yeah, but Um, but I think what Wayne is saying: everybody looked forward to the to the airing of these movies once a year, and that was kind of their only chance of really seeing them, kind of a thing. So they all
1: that was your only chance, right?
0: They're not. It's just crazy. Yeah, just they weren't as easily accessible, you know, to to that audience. And I don't know. I guess I I respect. (laughs) <laughs> silly as it sounds, I respect movie fans who came from that era more, just because oh. you know they, you know. Now it's
1: th- the don't, only don't respect to any of that. Don't respect any <laughs> yeah? of that okay. because it's, no, it's it's so much better now. I mean, I, well, I know if you're it's a young filmmaker, now. you can like you can watch all of Billy Wilder's movies. You can watch right. them all in a weekend, right? And like that would be impossible to do when I was growing up. You yeah. could see all of Scorsese's or all of Scorsese's '70s movies if that's all you wanted
0: to watch. That that it's I totally incredible. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It it is amazing for the arder uh, already cinephile <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, person who's a fan of movies. I just feel like people might not appreciate them as as much because they're so accessible, right? yes. Okay. Maybe. Uh, Do you I think mean, that's that, right, Dave? Do you think uh, that's right? I think that makes sense. I mean I again I, I, I I'm not saying that's, you know, the exception for everyone, you know, or anything like that. But I just I feel like yeah, they, they can be less appreciated because they're so accessible. Um but uh but uh, but you're you're be, gonna take art who you know, however you take it. I mean it's right. it's just you know the way it is. I mean it's just uh just a thought that came in my brain and I no, spoke I like it out. It, I, like I have it. a podcast. Well, of, course, of course, we're here.
1: We're here, luxuriating in the Right. I had never described the movie going experience as an Avatar until I met you guys. There so you that's go. That's gonna be my new thing. You that's see that, Dave?
0: Th- he never discussed <laughs> the movie going experience of Avatar until us. No, so. as an Avatar. As an, yeah, we, yeah, we, we now know Judd Apatow. <laughs> we've had dinner with Jim Carrey. We've, you know, we've, we, 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 we're basically famous um so there we go <laughs> guys
1: let me just say i while we have a little time and just gonna before we get into this i had my own film festival in los angeles by the way for okay. a number of years for five years where i would inter have comedians pick a movie they loved or were in- influenced by and then screen that movie in a movie theater and then talk about it afterwards
0: that's awesome that's so
1: yeah, so that so I you got to learn a lot about them and what they so like some of the movies it was interesting what's like Bill Burr picked um was it the not the longest day? Uh God okay, longest I'm blanking year. on the name of this movie. Robert Aldrich. The Dirty Dozen. The Dirty oh, Dozen. Okay, gotcha, yeah. He picked the Dirty Dozen and Sarah Silverman, she picked uh the Woody Allen movie, Crimes and Misdemeanors. And Great so movie. Gary Shandling picked um, the Martin Scorsese movie. Why am I? <laughs> this is the worst. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. All of a sudden, uh, the king of king of comedy, king of which comes is sort lot. of like and pre echoes the Joker in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like really fun to like watch, see these uh, movies and. And just talk about them and how, like how they influenced people.
0: Well, that's that's funny because I mean that's that's kind of what we're trying to do with this podcast is invite guests on to uh-huh. you know talk about the movies that influenced them. You know, Influ- that's what the show
2: has yeah. morphed into. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, oh, it that's, is. That's, yeah. yeah so why is it called
1: Blockbuster Mentality? Well, <laughs> eh,
0: it just it <laughs> came about in late 2015 and it just stuck. It's too um, late to it's too
1: late to rebrand now. I,
0: got you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, you know, we're not just talking. <laughs> <laughs> about blockbuster films, we're talking about, hey, you know, maybe we went to Blockbuster and right, you right, know, right. this is this is the movie we picked out at Blockbuster. In my know, defense, I, guess, uh, I joined the, the show later. Story. So Yeah, oh, you did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Dave came out. Wait a minute. Wait
1: a minute. I don't even know the origin story. Was this oh, just geez.
0: Ben <laughs> and somebody, down.
1: did somebody else get kicked off? Well,
0: He didn't get kicked off. He just. <laughs> oh my God. Was, what was, was his name? What was his uh, name? <sighs> his name was Brandon. Oh, yeah, he's always welcome back anytime he wants. Uh, oh, he, uh, he, if it wasn't for him, this show probably would never would have been started because I n- would have never started it on my own. Do you guys um, talk
1: about this or is this just one of these things? Suddenly <laughs> Brandon's gone. Dave's in and it's. Yeah. We keep, I mean, we keep moving uh, forward.
0: Good. This is a sore subject. Uh I can imagine. Uh, As I didn't
1: elbow side, anybody out. I want to be clear yeah. here.
0: <laughs> no, it's uh it's uh, you know, I mean uh Brandon, I love him and he again, he's welcome back anytime. It's just his his schedule was very busy with his day job and okay. Uh, okay. you know it's just uh he, he couldn't sustain it anymore. He you know, uh, you don't have uh, to keep going on. No it's, okay. you know. no, it's okay. No, it's. I think it's. I think it's interesting for even the audience to hear. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, d- luckily, Dave was available, and uh, oh. you know, he, uh, fun, Dave fun, fun Dave? Another another Jake. fun fact. Yes, uh, d- Dave, quote unquote, quit about uh four months ago uh but yet he's been on every episode since so um, i needed a break so yeah he needed a break i understand that
2: (laughs) well i'll tell you what we we did it was the two of us we would pick a movie and review it and i just kind of got burnt out on it i'm like you're not gonna be like because we kind of prepare you know what movie do you want to like what do you want to do and and i just kind of like dude I, i can't do this anymore and um and we've sort of changed over the last uh a month or two, was to be was was getting guests uh, such great guests like you to kind of talk about a movie of their choice or or all these even this is a great topic so right. this kind of like freshened things up and 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 got the the conversation um, just going in a different way so so not only did the audience you know learn more about us and maybe the films we're talking about but also uh, the guests that we have on so it's it's been good it's it's kind of reinvigorated me a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, that's all we're really worried about this
2: year. Yeah, exactly. oh, my, my invigoration
0: <laughs> your invigoration level. That's <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, Blockbuster Mentality is just a name we're stuck with now. I got you. Because um, <laughs> uh, it was great you know. because
2: you came back with the with the with the proper with the proper subject. And I said, I this to Ben. I'm like, man, he really, he, 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 knows there's a brand in the name and he, he used his brain to logic it out. Uh, and, and it, but it is great because this, you know, inevitably most of these movies are ones that we do talk about. Uh, and, and it's good to actually, as we're going back here uh, to talk about some of the older ones. So this, this is, this is great stuff. So this is all still in our wheelhouse. <laughs> so yeah. I love
1: definitely. it. I love it. Okay. And, so real uh, quickly, there was this in the fifties, there was a big battle between television movies. I don't know if you know about this, mm-hmm. but there was a point where in, I think it was Warner brothers movies. They wouldn't even have in the living room, a TV set in their movies because they, because people were staying home. Yeah. People were wow. staying home and watching. I love Lucy and yeah. you know Sid Caesar, and Milton Berle and all of that. And they were losing a lot of money. And also, there's a little bit of history, and I won't go into it, but there was a Supreme Court, uh, not a, a big decision, antitrust decision that used to be that Paramount movies played in Paramount theaters uh, and Universal wow. movies, I mean, and uh, MGM movies played in Lowe's theaters and Fox movies played in Fox theaters. Yep. So it was Man. called vertical integration, and they thought that was a monopoly. So that all got broken up. Yeah. So between that and television, the movie industry really was really was was reeling, really, no pun intended, a little bit in the fifties.
0: That's well, that's crazy because I mean, you know, you got them, you know, TV versus movies, and then for the longest time, it was like if a tele- if a movie actor went to television, it was like oh, they downgraded, and now nowadays it's like television is even. Cute. as prestigious yeah. as prestigious yeah yeah as prestigious as as film is it, it's it's insane um and then uh you know obviously this is part 2 so we have time now um <laughs> 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 what uh, folks were talking about our uh you know box office results by the decade uh we went from 2000 to 1960 uh so we're going to cover 1950 to the 1910s in this episode now when I know you've been in several television shows, you know, as a guest star. Mm-hmm. Uh now I I ha- I have to ask you what you know, when you're you're just playing in one episode of a TV show, do, is it a show you've already watched or if you haven't, do you go back and watch some? Like how well, how, how how does that work? What what what, what do you do? I do zero preparation. I step yes. up and I say my lines. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you I don't, don't know if you're that's fine, with and that's uh, that's an awesome answer.
1: <laughs> an actor prepares. Um, oh goodness! Yeah, for the most part. For the most part, I like to get again. I I get my entertainment from movies, so I'm not a television buff. So a lot of these shows I haven't seen, and But I always try to get at least the flavor of the show. I don't want to walk in there and go, oh, yeah, in episode 12, I remember when Lucy (laughs) did. Yeah, I'm not. Right, yeah. (laughs) So I more concentrate on just knowing my lines and trying to be in that moment. Okay. Yeah. Just. Just had,
0: had to ask,
1: had to ask. Um, but uh, By the way, no, one of my first uh, guests uh, on the thing was a show called Baywatch. I don't know if you're old enough to remember uh, that, but it oh, was of a course. crazy Absolutely.
0: little show. Crazy little show. <laughs> uh, um, and I just have to mention, I love the show New Girl. You yes. had a line that said uh, your email address, and you said, I forget what the actual email address was, but you said at gmail.com, and uh, that has always stuck with me, and now I always say gmail.com gmail.com, <laughs> <Of course>. so <laughs> thank you for that.
2: <laughs> d- delivered in all earnesty. <laughs> of
0: course, of course. By the way, that's oh, it's an ad, oh, ad- lib line. Ad-lib. That's what how get. was it? You get some
1: value added when you hire yeah. Fetterman.
0: Great. Yeah. <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right folks well uh again we already spoke about uh so sound of music was last that was 1960s uh we were getting into ten commandments a little bit 1950s yeah. so ten commandments charlton heston obviously mm-hmm. uh right. another epic film as in it's Right, so this is what I'm saying.
1: I'm saying that TV had their own, they had these live dramas like Playhouse 90 and they were very compelling and well-written and a lot of them were out of New York. And um, so Hollywood was like, okay, we need to, that's when suddenly wide, wide widescreen and Panavision Mm -hmm. and Cinemascope and all of these, like this is an experience you can't get with your little TV in yeah. your house, your little black and yeah. white TV, the so, screen will wrap around the whole theater. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I think Cinerama came in the '60s, but it was the same idea of just like this is going to be an experience. So you had like those, like the Ten Commandments, like yeah. this crazy special effects of the Red Sea parting, and, and like people wanted just to see something like that. So there right. was a lot of these big kind of move. Ben Hur, I'm sure you've seen that chariot race. I
2: absolutely oh, yeah. love Ben Hur. You uh, like the whole movie or just I that scene? The,
1: the entire
0: movie. Oh, is that's interesting. Incredible. That's I think it's actually a, uh, preparing for the show, I didn't realize Ben Hur from the night na- was it 59. 59. 59. It's actually a remake. Yes. So from, is The Ten Commandments. Wait, oh, what? interesting. I didn't know that either. Yeah, and not, oh, not only ten, is re- oh, Ten Commandments is a remake. Yeah, yes the ten, but, but yeah, yeah. Ben Hur, the original one, came out what in the 1910s, right? Or yeah, 1920s? I think it's a silent movie. Yeah. And
1: here's the crazy thing about, well, obviously Ben Hur directed by William Wyler, and but the Ten Commandments, directed by uh, Cecil B. DeMille, is remade from a silent movie called The Ten Commandments, directed by Cecil B. DeMille. He made them both.
0: He was wow. able to transition from the silence to the talkies or whatever. like that. That job. wasn't so good. Let me let me try it now with the voices. Yeah, let me, uh, and color and color. Yeah. Don't
1: forget the Ten Commandments was in color. This was a big like you know this is it's just great. So anyway, right. it's a big biblical epic. Yeah, There's a lot of them. The robe and stuff like that in the fifth, But the, I feel like it's sort of represented of like oh this is what Hollywood's trying to do. Like that chariot race and Ben Benf- so, Uh By the way. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. The, the Ten Commandments comes in at number five
2: all time, 1956. And oh, wow. uh, Ben Hur, as we mentioned, comes in at number nine all time. So, yeah, massive. People flocked. Yeah.
1: yeah, so they were like, okay, we figured this out. And don't forget, remember we were talking about um, uh, Kubrick, because I think Paths of Glory is from late 50s, right? 56, I, think
0: six, I believe. 50, yeah. yeah,
1: so they also had, like, these littler movies, and I did you ever see the movie Quiz Show? By yes. any chance? Yeah.
2: Yeah. With uh, Fines.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ray Fines is it. But yeah. one of the big moments in that movie is they know that the guy was asked to give the wrong answer right. because he said what was the best mo- picture of 1955, and it was Marty, which was a mo, which was a television movie that was made into like a, a live television drama that was made into a movie. So there were oh, also wow. there was also that going on. Interesting, kind of like, like we they used, were making,
2: yeah. It's almost like a Netflix movie getting nominated for uh, yes, fiction yeah, now. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was a very small movie. The same there was a movie called Twelve Angry Men that was like that. That yeah. was like a TV. So anyway, just little history, little history. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's boring to you. No, or, not at no, all. No, and I would like to say boring.
2: about. <laughs> About the Ten Commandments, if I could, is uh, we talked about in episode one, Star Wars at New Hope and uh, that sort of thing, and E.T. How they were a part uh, of my childhood and Ben's childhood. But uh, this is a nice surprise to see on this list, be- for, because for whatever reason, my parents own the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments is just <laughs> a big a part of my childhood as any of those other movies. I've seen this movie probably twenty times. I haven't seen it uh, in you know for, for years now. But if it was to play now, I would probably be able to know beat by beat. I could probably recite lines. It is an absolutely epic, beautiful movie. Charlton Heston, Yul Brenner, so good. This movie is so amazing, and it absolutely okay, can deserves you, to be here.
1: Can I ask you a follow-up question? I, I hope to? I can answer it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> in the same way, in, in episode one, A New Hope, that's what I'm going to call our first episode. Um, <laughs> in episode one, uh, we talked about E.T. and yeah. the emotional moments. Can you recall any emotional moments from the Ten Commandments?
2: Well, certainly. Well, parting the Red Sea, as you mentioned. Um, I would say when, when Moses is it basically learns who he is his whole uh, life yeah. comes crumbling down cuz he thought he was an egyptian prince and no i'm a hebrew and, you know, I come from slaves and I'm now determined to, to change things. And then when he goes and he murders that slave, not murders, but he, he basically in, in defense, he murders that or kills that slave master. Uh, that's one. Um, and then, of course, at the end when and I still don't I, I got a problem with God here because I don't know why Moses wasn't allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it still. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, the golden calf stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a, a lot. Disturbing. There. Yeah. yeah. And then Yule Brenner, um, when when he's beaten. By God, basically, and you're almost kind of sympathetic to him, even though you shouldn't be because he's trying to protect his people and do the best for his empire or whatever. Right. But he's, you know, and his son is killed because of the, you know, the. Uh, you know, God kills the firstborn, you know, and his own son. So I, I think I just rattled it's off. Of there. It is yeah, dark. It is when dark When you really,
1: when you think it really about it, is, yeah. God is not messing around. <laughs> no, like, yeah, I'll let these little girls live, but that boy's got to go.
0: Oh, it's brutal. So yeah, I,
2: a very emotional, very powerful
0: film. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's been a long time since I've seen the, seen the film. No, I
1: just, I'm trying to think about that movie is like,
0: you said it was number
1: six all time. Yeah. Is that correct? Or number five, rather. Sorry. Number five. That's amazing, right? It really is. (laughs) So, and I think, what do you think the reason? Is it because that story transcends just like, oh, some Jewish guy becomes the head of, you know, the the (laughs) guy who brings, is it about
0: perseverance?
1: Is it just?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I was wondering that too, because I mean, uh, the same decade you have, uh, let's see here. You have A Streetcar Named Desire. You have right. T- 12 the Tennessee Williams play. Yeah. Yep. Does, again, these are
1: plays. These are like right. small
0: it's TV plays or movies. Yeah. Yeah. Seven Samurai. You have. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Sabrina. You have To Catch a Thief. You have Rebel Without a Cause. Right. The so Teenager. Yeah, wh- yeah. Well, I Major mean, movie? is it because. Is it because of the religious theme that this movie has? Uh, I
2: just think it's uh, a fundamentally human story. And, yeah. uh-huh. you know, it, it's, it's a man who's trying, who's basically trying to find his way in the world and succeeds. And then, but, but he's not perfect. And he kind of fails a little bit. He doesn't do everything that he's supposed to do. Well, um, so I think it's, I mean, you know, it's Moses, man. I mean, we, we all know. Don't
1: you think it's also a little bit of, and this is off the top of my head. I haven't thought about this at all all but that it's a little bit of like maybe wish fulfillment like you know i'm really a prince yeah. i'm really a thing like yeah. i know cool. i'm going to school here you know like <laughs> in the same way like those disney movies like you know where they you become a princess or something
0: well even even for today's standards like it feels like back then movies that were over three hours long were like no one had a problem with it Dave hates anything over two hours. Um, <laughs> and that's a long we, movie. D- yeah. We've, <laughs> we've, we've talked, he about, he, talked
1: about he, Titanic and Avatar. Well, Those you, are both over two
0: hours. My attention he attention not shrinks by he the He doesn't day. hate. He just hates when he has to do homework for <laughs> or a long you know, movie. the show. You know, he, he <laughs> you know, hates oh, he hates to I see, I see, I see. spend that much time. I, I'll, I'll rephrase that. Uh, but even so, I mean, what's Ten Commandments? At least four hours. Probably. I can look it up right now. But, well, well, it's well, interesting, right? About four hours hours here we Go are
2: ahead, we're like well what is it you know about um i wish i was a prince and yes but it's 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 so compelling because you start off high but then you're put really low i mean he's got to wander the desert and then you you raise yourself up you know it's not what i was born into i use some of that stuff that i learned you know when i was born into this high thing. But then I, I basically... And maybe that's a... Cla- maybe in a sense, not to go cliche, but maybe a classic American story that the audience kind of understood, uh-huh. which is that I was... I, I You know, I, I basically... Not to use the bootstrap analogy, but that's the first one that comes to my mind. i raised myself up by kind of doing the right thing and protecting those around me. So, I, yeah, I, I do think this is a—it's just a universal story that resonates with everyone. And the sets, the cast—I mean, how many thousands you were saying, epic, Wayne?
1: Epic, epic, epic!
2: How many epic. people yeah. they had to employ, you know? And there's, there's another movie that we're going to get to that's the same way—the the, just the amount of extras and, and, and money poured into these elaborate sets and stuff like that. So, yeah a uh, fantastic movie. I think this this is a standout one for me in this list.
0: Again, uh, you know, Dave, you totally ignored me. so Um <laughs> <what>? <laughs> Well Who's again, what? this is a uh a, a three and a half hour movie, four hour movie. Um I well, said I hadn't it seen written. it in a lot of years, so when I was younger I, I had a longer I, is attention. Is it that thing. long? Is it that I don't
1: remember it being over know. three hours.
0: I'll have to I'll have for, uh, Check for us out. people who you know <laughs> right. enjoy it's it's 3 hours 40 minutes finally okay. That's it pretty is long. I found the wow. statistic I'm um, wondering
1: if like when I saw it on television
0: it couldn't have been it, it couldn't for- have
1: been it had to be cut down
0: I um but but but, but anyway again it's a, a long movie <laughs> and but you had other movies in this decade that made obviously made less money than this movie did. I, again, Twelve Angry Men, A Streetcar Named Desire, Seven Samurai. Well, Seven Samurai is kind of long. Uh, Rebel Without a Cause, Lady and the Tramp, Cinderella. Uh, you know, uh, so you had so many of these movies. I'm just wondering. I mean, obviously, as cinephiles, we get the story of it and the 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 dilemma he's in and everything like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it just it just intriguing to me that this movie made so much more money than these other films especially uh, I was going to bring this up in the 40s and 30s movies but uh, in the 40s movies the number one is an animated movie in the 30s there's an animated movie that came out but it wasn't the number one um, All right. so it just uh it, intrigues me that uh, th- this was number one uh, again I don't know if it was religion back then yeah the, biblical in the 19- epic yeah interesting yeah in, and 1960s. I have a hunch it was also, and again, this is one of, I know
1: I said earlier, I had only seen them all except for one. This is another one I have never seen on the big screen. So now
0: okay. I kind of want to. Me too. Yeah. No, cause, definitely. Cause there was
1: no way there was like, it was an eight to 11 screen. It was, there was no way it was. I had, I can't imagine it was four hours on TV. Um, yeah no yeah that's just a sidebar that's just a crazy sidebar yeah let's,
2: let's go ahead i would like to say one one thing we haven't talked about i don't think yet at all either in the last episode or now is is maybe the marketing around these films um I I would be curious what 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 I mean we I don't know if this is answerable or not but what was the marketing around the 10 commandments you know I was I don't what was the or maybe um maybe Wayne if you know the marketing around a new hope you were around you saw it in the theater what what made you go to the theater was it word of mouth was it stuff you saw on But
1: no there was a TV commercial there was a TV commercial and then like that first weekend it kind of got kind of got a buzz going um I, I want to say it was in May I want to say it was May of 77. I don't even think it was summer yet. Um and then and then all of a sudden it got these great reviews and then kids just discovered it and just were lining up like those girls like your you know your wife in the, for the Titanic. I mean it's the same it's the same story that keeps getting repeated. Just just get the public just for some reason. And I don't know again I wasn't around when the Ten Commandments was released right. so I'm assuming it was like the, another movie we were going to talk about that it was just such a, if it's three hours and 40 minutes, there's probably there was an intermission. There was yeah. a whole. Oh yeah. And also I hate to say it, there was a way they used to release movies back then. Something called roadshow pictures. Okay. Which is, it wasn't a wide release. It was just in one theater, one big theater in town. And then it would just play there for a long time. So it might've played for like six months at this one theater. Right. And then it would right. be released at a lower ticket price a little more around the world. But that all changed with Jaws and stuff, where Is they that, were just like, okay, there's many movie theater. And again, Jaws didn't open in a I don't think it opened in a thousand theaters, but
2: so if we look at that that makes me think of tickets sold because if we go to the box office mojo uh right. the adjusted um stuff, they say there's a hundred and thirty-one million tickets sold. Uh, for Ten Commandments, and on their list, it's number six. But more tickets sold than Jaws, more tickets sold than, uh, say, The Force Awakens, The Empire Strikes Back, Ben Hur, Avatar. You see, that's
0: so. That's what makes me think, like, because I always think, like, uh, you know, obviously we're gonna get to it. But Gone with the Wind is number one of all time in uh, uh, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Adjusted uh, for inflation, uh, you know, lifetime gross. That's the number one of all time. But so even without a multiplex, multiplex, number of sorry, sorry, tickets sold, yeah. it makes sense. You, you know, it's, you don't I, have I an like, AMC
2: two miles down the road back in the 1950s. Right. You right.
1: don't. There's it, no it, multiplexes. Yep.
2: It's just it, I mean, 100. I don't know what the population of the United States was in 1956, but what was it maybe 200 million, maybe 250 million, something like that? And then 131 million tickets sold. That's incredible. You're talking about like a, like a saturation of the population. Every, almost everybody saw this movie in a sense. they just, you know, sort of a blanket statement. That, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, I, that's a good question. I mean, we need to get George Lucas
0: who wrote <laughs> the book Blockbusting this. on Can we get him on this
1: show? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talk well, about
0: we're, it. We're working on it. He's we're shy. It. We'll no, know. it is. And
1: <laughs> to tell you the truth, that you're into this like as the same reason I'm into it. Like, I'm just fascinated. Like, how many people went to this biblical epic? when right. there was you know as opposed to going to like you said seeing you know streetcar or yeah. maybe it's as well I think it was yeah. it just became I assume I mean a lot of it the way I remember it as a kid was like you got to see this crazy special effect like I know it was like down to like that like they they can now make it look like the Red Sea is parting right right yeah I assume that was part of it like oh in the same way you got to see the Titanic break into oh, Christ yeah yeah, right exactly. you
2: have to see it you gotta see it yeah and that's now the, and it feels like we've sorry just sorry ben i just it does feel like we've even the event movies we've had over the last couple of years particularly with marvel it does feel like nothing really wows anybody anymore and it does we've maybe if we've lost maybe one thing is that kind of wow factor for the culture for just exactly what you said
1: Wayne. yeah i think you're right i think because even in those avenger movies which make money hand over foot uh are there's not like oh that scene where the earth
0: almost destroys. That's in every movie. That <laughs> <I know. laughs> it, it's true. I mean, it's uh, you, you. You can't deny that. I mean, uh, uh, obviously, might as well ask uh, Wayne. Are you? A, are you a comic book guy? Do you like comic book movies? What's? Uh, what's I'm not. I'm not
1: into. I'm not into the Marvel. Universe. I mean, I'll see them a little bit. I'll, see, you know, and I, I like one, but once they get into the sequels, I don't. I just, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. Yeah, I no. lean
0: more. I lean more on, on Wayne's side on this. Yeah, it's not my we know. We know, Dave. We know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, uh, not a, I'm not as big a fan either way. So that was the 1950s Ten it was. Commandments. So now so far,
1: the 40s. The 40s is the most problematic. Believe it or I, not, even I know. more than the teens, I'm, oh, because very of the the debate between what mojo box office mojo thinks is the number one and what george lucas thinks is the number one movie of the 40s as far as box office <laughs> well again this is the weird thing. so let's talk about it this is this is the 40s is the decade of animation of disney disney be right. re- re- releasing these movies through rko which stands for radio keith Orpheum. used to be a vaudeville circuit became the movie circuit um release these movies there's three of them right there's pinocchio there's fantasia and there's bambi like so those are they all make tons of money disney becomes a force next thing you know there's there's disneyland you know it's like this all whatever this thing is happening but like for example pinocchio which i think came out in 40 is a lot of people think that's the number one thing but if you really look at the grosses of that movie a lot, almost half of it happened in the 50s and 60s when they would re-release
0: these oh, movies. Oh, I see. Well, so it really reference... wasn't like
1: the Ten Commandments, which was like, oh, everyone's... See- and this happens again. I'm pre-echoing what's happening with uh, uh, whatever, Gone with the Wind. Right. Yeah, the same kind of thing. But there were definitely big re-release. That was a big part of the Disney business model was to show it, close it, let another generation, other kids, go become six years old, and then re-release
0: it. But, but, <laughs> have you seen Casablanca? Have you seen <laughs> Citizen Kane? These are the movies that came of out of the in 40s, right. right? And then Pinocchio is number one. That does like, feel a little weird.
1: Yeah, that, and, that, and again, that, I think it's a, that I feel if we let, let's take the animated ones out again you know, because. We can. I mean, it can be Pinocchio can be number one. Right. Because then the
2: next would be Fantasia, right?
1: And Fantasia comes out and the next year and like he was just on a roll. They were on a roll back then. Yeah. Those are the big three. Yeah. That happened. And
2: next on. Sorry. Next on uh, Box Office Mojo is the Bell of St. Mary's, which as I'm reading it. I don't know this movie. I'll be honest. You don't. I don't. I do not know this film.
0: Ben. I I do not either, Wayne. Please Wayne, teach tell us. us about this movie.
1: <laughs> well, the, these, the, there was there was uh, going my way and the bells of St. Mary's was there was a sequel. Bing Crosby played a priest, okay. and they're very popular movies. Um, uh, one of them had a big hit song called "Swinging on a Star," which it does. It doesn't matter anyway. It was a very. It was about a are they a go- is it a good movie? Yeah, they're both okay. good. They're both okay. really good. They're both yeah. Are they as good as Casablanca? No. Mm-hmm. Are they as good as Citizen Kane? No. Are they no. as good as I'm trying to think of other are they as good as I'm trying to think of those the Great 40s. Are they There none of them I think are as good as the movie you mentioned earlier from the 1946, A Wonderful Life. Yeah. It's a wonderful right. life. Yeah. Like I think that's the best movie of the 40s, but that didn't even make money when it opened. It was only years later people discovered so- how great that movie was. Interesting so I, know, how that works. I
0: know when a kid's movie comes out nowadays, usually it's the number one at the box office because you know, right. families are taking their kids and everything right. like that. Obviously in the forties, uh, Pinocchio was that way. Uh you know, I, none of us were around during that time. <laughs> um uh you know, what what uh was animation not for kids back then because no, it was, it, it well, was. Well, well but but if you look at the 1950s you have the <laughs> 10 commandments but you also have cinderella you I mean, have lady how can the you tramp. not let this go how can you not let this listen, yes listen. i get there was big there was no, big, ah, there listen there were big listen, disney though.
1: movies in the 90s but guess what but, titanic came out
0: that's true that's true <laughs> oh shit he he Totally, you got nowhere. Quartered. I was going to go on a tangent. Now you ruined it. but I'm still going to go on that tangent. I'm still going to go on that tangent. So 1950s, you had Ten Commandments was number one at the box office. You number five all time. Go ahead. Number five all time. Uh, <laughs> Cinderella and Lady the Tramp came out that year. Okay, I can see that not being you know number one. Okay, so 1940s, you had Pinocchio was number one. But in the 1940s, you also had Citizen Kane. Okay, yeah. You had uh, Grapes of Wrath. You had Fantasia. Casablanca was not number one in 1940s. <laughs> neither was Citizen Kane. But guess what? Pinocchio was. But in the 1930s, the the first ever animated feature film was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Right. But number one. Was gone with the wind. Well, Wayne did make a good point, though. When they re- when if they're
2: re-releasing these, it keeps getting tallied and tallied and tallied. Right. And That's like my that. point
1: about all of these animated movies. So, all of these. but about. you are making a good point, and in a weird way, gone with the wind. So we're going <laughs> to jump right to we're going to forget. I did want to mention this is the army, which is what Lucas thinks is the number one non-anime, non-Disney movie of the '40s, which was a based on a play, Irving Berlin, and it was all to raise money for the war effort. So a lot of people were just like, oh, instead of going to buying bonds, I'm going to go see this is the army. And that gives money to the army relief fund. Right. So that was, I know, but the guy who directed that movie, Michael Curtiz also directed Casablanca a movie that you, we all love, we all love Casablanca.
2: But oh I, yeah, I, I do I, think, uh,
1: sorry. Uh, yeah, I love Casablanca.
2: But I do think Ben does make a good point that it, even even back in the day, you know, in the 30s, 40s, um that you the strength of animated film i would say is surprising i i, I would i would agree with that it is a little and bit surprising
1: because why? Well, why why do you think it's surprising? Well, because,
2: Again, because be- you imagine a, a sort of it feels like we we talked earlier maybe about um movies maybe moving towards a more kid centric type of release, all ages type of thing. But in fact, it's not, it wasn't new. And we just went through a period maybe in the, in the sixties and seventies, and then returned to something that had already basically existed, uh, the all ages film. So I, I think that's maybe the point. We're not in new territory. We're just back to kind of what things kind of used to be.
1: Oh, okay. That's interesting. Also, can I, I think part of the appeal again, this is way before my time surprising, but was the color the color, like there wasn't a lot of full color movies back. Right, then. it was mm-hmm. so expensive. Yeah, that's to make, true. To print yeah, Casablanca.
0: Movies. Casablanca was black and white in the forties. Right, and it's then, a wonderful you know, life. Pino- black and white. Pinocchio. Citizen is Kane color. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Fantasia, Fantasia is color.
1: a visual
2: experience for everybody. Yeah, it, and
1: Fantasia is the first time, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I hope there's a film nerd out there that will correct me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, is the first time there was multi-track recordings and it was really? just because there was very oh yeah you don't remember the beginning of fantasia it was yeah like, but
2: i didn't realize that this was, yeah so that makes sense yeah that yeah because yeah, okay. it was
1: everything was mono so everything. revelation sound okay yeah yeah and there, i assume there was had to be just a handful of theaters that could handle that you know multi-track yeah. What? how i don't even know how they did it i assume a magnetic strip but uh yeah so that was also like oh now so yeah, starting.
2: so it, it's yeah, so it was actually an evol- an evolution in cinema, and that was part of the draw, and maybe that helps Ben sleep at night better with the Ten Commandments. Right, I know you're another so evolution upset. I, know.
0: I just you know the cinema but, yeah, evolving. Co- it was a brand. These but,
2: are all new things that are attracting more co- and
0: different audiences. I think color that makes definitely to. makes sense too, though, because yeah, Pinocchio was in color. People wanted all to see them. that, Damn. you know, and it was uh, you know, obviously custom. Blanca wasn't in color, uh Citizen Kane, you know, all all those movies. So I mean that 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 totally makes sense now that uh uh but but again, I mean you got Snow White in color, so let's go right. to the nineteen thirties. Let's go to the thirties.
1: We only have a yeah. few more decades you, you, here. So now we have the there. big we have just the big one that just, just got
0: few. re it just
1: was banned on Canceled. HBO and now that, you- that movie I've seen on the big screen a number of times. Oh wow. And, yeah. um, I, um, the, f- you know, there's an intermission in that movie yeah, yeah. and thank God the first, I feel like <laughs> the first half of that movie is one of the greatest things ever made. The second half, I'm not yes. as big a fan of.
0: Uh, oh, yes. I,
2: yes. I just, I re i watched this thing in a sort of in preparation <laughs> for this, uh, because I hadn't seen it all the way through. Um, I'd seen bits and pieces of it. So I said, you know what, we're going to talk about this film. And, um, and it was just kind of a blind spot for me. And uh, despite the four hour running time, I I watched the whole thing over the weekend and I could not agree more (laughs) up to the intermission is one of the best, most beautiful films I've ever seen. In all honesty, despite its, you know, its issues, its cultural issues, it is so freaking good. And then it just really loses its way,
1: uh, especially that It actually becomes a romance novel is what happens. Yeah. Yeah. But the first part of that up of that intermission is... Just stunning. It's stunning, really. Uh, And the music, the Steiner. It's just incredible. The whole thing is just ridiculous.
0: (laughs) Well, again, the uh, I don't know. Older movies always surprise me. You know, Uh, go ahead. No, uh, you know, older movies always surprise me. Um, Like the uh, like the level, like the production level, right? well, the production level, but also the story elements. Like we were, you know, we talked about Vertigo a couple years ago, and just. I, I always picture anything before 1970 as, you know, just old timey, <laughs> you know, they're not going to touch on anything yeah. lame know, and simple or yeah, 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 exactly. Um, you know, and it's just the, 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 again, the story elements surprise me. Uh, Vertigo started as a genre that I thought it was going to be. Turned out to be a whole different genre, you know. It's just, uh, it's crazy what what that movie did, and Gone with the Wind does, you know, a similar thing. You know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's adultery in it, which <laughs> I don't know. I just don't expect to see that in 1930s. Um, yeah, the Scarlett O'Hara character must have been a total revelation.
1: Yeah. yeah, and again, the book it's based on a book won a Pulitzer Prize, but. On your list there in both in both Box Office Mojo and here in Blockbusting, it's number one. Correct, Dave?
2: Absolutely. And, and sold 200 million tickets. Now, the, of course, as you mentioned, re-releases. Yes. Um, so it did. yes. You, you can't really, um, I, I don't know how many sold at the time, but just just uh, as I was mentioning population, the population in of the United States in 1940 was hundred. Thirty-two million. Um, not and <laughs> so it's two, more
1: than the population.
2: Yeah. Now, of course, yeah. Now, counting re-releases, we don't know how to. But just imagine that ratio. Like, just to, you know, just to play with the argument. You know, everybody in America saw that movie. Essentially, you know, kind of a just you know, it's it's a, it's mind-boggling to think about it.
1: But, but I you, he will say one thing. Yeah. Just uh, looking back, and I've I've never done this list with anyone, so I'm just kind of this might be wrong, but draw and Ben, you can jump in, but <laughs> is there something to the fact like a big part of that movie was oh you gotta see the burning of Atlanta? Like that yes, was that that's, big scene. Yeah. So yeah that's that. what uh you have the Red <laughs> Sea, you have the Titanic. Like it's always there's right. like something you have to see.
0: Day uh I'm not gonna lie, before the show, uh before we scheduled the show, I had never seen Gone with the Wind. Had you heard of um, it? Um oh uh well, no N- yes <laughs> I've I've heard, heard yes it. I've heard of Gone with the Wind, <laughs> um and uh, I I asked Dave you know I was like an hour through it I was like I don't know again I this get- is the number one movie in the history <laughs> yeah, of the movies exactly exactly well box office wise uh, I'm I'm the real critic here I'll let you guys know <laughs> if it uh, if it's truly number one but I asked Dave I said uh, you know I'm an hour through it I don't know if I can get through more. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's not working for me. And uh, I said, is there any scenes that, you know, uh, stick out to you that I at least should watch? And he did mention the burning of Atlanta. Absolutely. And I'm so glad I watched it. Uh, because yeah, I mean, that's, and, and he was even saying before I watched it, just how, you know, b- beautifully, uh, this, the movie was shot, you know, right. it's, it's so, so beautiful, you know, it's, it's so uh i'm not sure who the cinematographer was um but well it uh, had a
1: number of directors obviously victor it was like fleming three, right was, yeah yeah victor fleming is the one who got the credit on it believe right. it or not also got the credit for the wizard of oz the same year that's the same right. year well
0: wow. and that's that's, that's the, the greatest
1: director duo thing ever
0: that's what surprises oh, me that this is number 1 in the box office is because this is the year uh, uh was Wiz- or the decade that Wizard of Oz came out. This is the decade that Snow White came out, and then the next decade you have Pin- Pinocchio being number one uh, in the 40s. <laughs> Maybe we're just know? looking for a little bit of, ben, a little bit of levity. Ben,
1: are you drinking? Like, what is happening here? What am I already No, oh, I am. Oh, yes, know, I am. That is
0: no. man.
1: Okay, you keep repeating. We've
0: already. Okay,
1: this is hilarious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, don't you guys understand what I I'm do. saying? I know here? exactly I mean, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's uh, It is the,
2: the way we shift from something serious to, so, I mean, you know, maybe in the 1940s, we, we were dealing in war, and maybe what we wanted to see is just to go watch a, a beautiful, you know, uh, an animated film. And I, I could see that too, you know, right. So, so I mean, in the what, context
0: what, of the culture, Jesus Christ, what is it about Gone with the Wind <laughs> that you think? The going to kill you. <laughs> I know he's like I can't. Believe no, I, I can did. handle. I love it. I just when I realize, I, okay, I, I can't he's believe drunk. I came he's completely drunk. All right. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but at the same time, I am. Uh, no, but Wayne, I'm curious. That's true. You, I However, know you're wondering, you know, why you agreed to come on the show and everything like that. You're never. Gonna, you're never going to come back again. Uh, but uh, I'm seriously curious as to why. You think Gone with the Wind is the highest grossing after inflation in (laughs) box office history? Yeah. I mean, what is it about this film that makes it the highest? Well, it's a
1: four hour film. Right. I've never thought, I've never really thought about it, but um, I think it was a number of things. It was a convergence. One, it's based on this crazy bestseller that was very popular in the United States, not with everyone. Some people back then were even criticizing the fact that it had a very uh, uh, disinfected view of of slavery and all of that, but it did win the Pulitzer prize. And I think it was a combination of, it was an epic by every stretch of the imagination. It was an epic movie. And I think it was a combination of a love story or a female protagonist that was so compelling and Scarlett O'Hara, and this, like this incredible—I mean, the big story of the United States was the Civil War. It had—you know—it had only happened. It had been what, fifty years before the war actually yeah. happened. So, right, yeah, it still it scarred the nation, and it was like that was our kind of our our the United States story was the civil war like that was our great drama in the history of the united outside of the revolutionary war like this was an inner battle brother against brother couldn't i mean when you write drama you can't write anything more dramatic than that like brother against brother and then that combined with the fact that it's a romance novel right so you had both those people going to see it what do you think dave I'm gonna let you jump in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, I think uh, all great points. That makes a lot of sense. And in a way, it maybe allowed uh, the whole country to maybe avatar from into the perspective of the South in a sense because this movie does right. have a point of view. There's no question, and it's controversial, especially you know in our in our June 25th 2020 perspective, and you know rightly so. Um, but you know I watched the movie again with this with this criticism in mind and and I, it did strike me this movie has a perspective and it doesn't make it good or anything but in a way the movie it's interesting about the film and i hope i can articulate this right it almost under the, the characters and the story un, almost undermines its own point of view the character scarlett o'hara is completely Delusional, delusional about her life and her surroundings, just as all these Southerners in their in their environment are delusional about their environment that where they live. In. They're calling it their civilization that mm-hmm. they're fighting for, that sort of thing. And, it, and it's cl- it's very clear to me, at least watching it now, that this was a system and a way of life that was doomed. It wasn't going to last, no matter what was going to happen. It was going to end, and you're just maybe everyone may be wanting to see that little bit of history that that's gone now gone with the wind, obviously, you know, it's, it, 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 we can sort of view it at a distance maybe, but then just, you know, just kind of go in and touch it and maybe experience a little bit of what that life was. And then we kind of pull back. We go, no, we don't really like that. But while we were there watching it, we kind of understood these people and what they were thinking, even if they were wrong.
1: Right. And that's a great, first of all, thank you for watching the movie. That's amazing that you did that. Secondly, uh, I'm trying. I'm comparing now. I, I know this is going to sound crazy. Scarlet's kind of arc and journey to Moses's a little bit. That you start out, as you think it's one thing, Holy and shit. then, sh- then, <laughs> <Holy shit. laughs> yes. no, he doesn't lead people to a promise. Not
0: no, that,
2: just, no. Just- this is right. Someone high brought low. Who has yes.
0: Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. So these you common m- themes m- that we want wonder- just broke new ground here.
2: Well, <laughs> we're we kind of unlocking the puzzle, right? Or unlocking I'm the. I'm trying
0: to,
1: trying to.
2: What is so appealing? Well, we, yes, these, these classical human stories in different settings. That's, that's a fantastic point, Wayne. And hopefully Ben answers some of your questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just came up with it. I was just like thinking about it. Cause you had mentioned, it. I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I guess the big question is to answer Ben's question is why do, why is this movie of all the movies we've been making feature made movies since 1915. So of all of them, this is the one. And I do think it's part of those reasons, right now,
0: all right. That's yeah, good. Gone absolutely. with the wind. Yeah, Gone with the wind, man. Yeah, that's... Uh, no, I appreciate you uh, expanding on that. And I was, yeah, just wondering... Before we move and, on, uh, just to get a round table, should everybody watch this film, despite the current controversy?
1: I would still yes. say yes. Um, uh, what do you think, Wayne? I am... <laughs> that's a great question. I feel like that's... A, no, And it seems like, <laughs> it like a simple question. It seems like a simple question, because I'm not one of those, like... You have to watch Gone with the Wind yeah, to know yeah. the history of American film. Like, you don't. Know, I at least watch the first half of it.
0: I don't know. It's,
1: like, it's, it's good uh, enough. No, ben, that, yeah, say? I think yeah, you have I mean, to watch makes... the first up to the intermission, I do think. If you're a if you're interested in the history of film, yes, right. I think if you're not interested in the history of film, I don't think you have to see this movie. At That's all. a good point. Exactly. Ben, you That's, think, so you're on exactly down there too? Exactly, yeah.
0: exactly what I think. I mean, I think it's just a film that if you're truly interested in film and the history of film, you should see it. If not, you're not going to miss much. You yeah, know? <laughs> see Godfather. You know, see yeah. Taxi Driver. You know, you'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> see, all that,
1: see all that jazz.
0: I can appreciate. I, I understand now why this is so highly regarded as one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, and if you are one of those folks who have that mindset, then yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it. It's uh, you know, gives you uh a greater appreciate appreciation uh for for film history and just films like this.
1: All right. We're uh, down to the last three films, guys. All right. Three? We're gonna go back to the twenties. Yeah, oh, yeah, they, they, yeah. We, then, then we, we never did a... the two thousand fifty. Yep, that's uh, right. Uh we we uh we're gonna go back to the twenties. Now this shocked me when I found out that this movie, which I only saw for the first time maybe four years ago. I've only okay. seen it once in my whole life because I go to – out here we have something called the Turner Classic Movie Film Festival. Oh, excellent. And I am always go to that, and they showed this movie. So I wanted to see what it was all about. I was sure that the 1920s was either going to be – the biggest movie was either going to be the jazz singer, you know, the first talking movie, or yeah. the movie that had – had talking in it or one of Charlie Chaplin's movies. Like one of the, you know, one yeah. of those, like he was the most big, the biggest movie star in the world. I thought for sure in the silent this is when we go from silent to talking, but instead it's this incredible kind of anti-war movie called the big parade. And it's, <laughs> it's also an epic and very emotional, but again, it's a silent movie. I know people can't, even deal with silent
0: movies. So I love Mel Brooks' uh, the silent movies. <laughs> yes. That's that's a fantastic, fantastic movie. But yeah, this is all you, Wayne. I, I have never seen this movie. Have you I'm heard of the Big lie. Parade? Have you uh, heard not? It? Not until this episode when you sent that list. Right, honestly, right. <laughs> I'm not have, gonna lie. Yeah, I've never heard of the Big Parade. How about you,
2: Dave? I've heard of it, never saw it. I don't. I only thing was just looking it up. Um, it was basically a World War One film.
1: Yeah. right, Wayne. Yeah.
2: Uh, kind of curious is since we mentioned Paths of Glory, does it follow? Is it along? Is it anti-war in that sense? Or is no, it-
1: not quite. As it's about, uh, it's about a rich guy. Again, this is maybe the same themes about a rich kid <laughs> who gets caught up in the. I, I don't know if you even know this, but in World War One, there was a big kind of a like over there, over there, there was like mm-hmm. a song, like everyone was into going to
0: this war. Because you were you were alive then, right? Right, right. I was in third grade. <laughs> and the
1: Yanks are coming. The Yanks yes, are yeah, yeah. coming. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's George M. Cohen. So they so there was part of so there was this fervor, like, this is what we're gonna do, and and not for everyone. So this rich kid kind of joins joins up, and it's just his story, and he meets two kind of working class guys. And what happens when they go over to you know world war one there's an amazing speaking of what was that movie we were just talking about uh, dunkirk there's an amazing dunkirk like moment in the movie where they're just marching down the road and this german plane this is the first time there's ever air you know every time there was anyone getting killed from the air and he just a gunner in an airplane a german like just mows down a bunch of these guys just marching to try to get to the front they're going to get to the front it's really an epic kind of moment, very horrific. And then there's a scene where he's in, God, I'm just trying to think of the main moments in this movie where he's like in a foxhole with a German and he wants to, she should kill him, but he can't. And he offers him a cigarette, but the guy dies anyway. So that's like kind of a human moment of it. And then he falls in love with this girl and he ends up his butt. One of his buddies die dies in the war And then he ends up losing a leg and coming back to this girl. That's how it all ends. I don't mean to spoil it, but just an incredible scene at the end where – you know, this girl he fell in, this French girl he fell in love with. So it's like just it's a melodrama and it's a epic war picture. So this
2: we think we're thinking this resonated with audiences then because of the the horrors of World War One. Uh, and-,
1: and also the sophistication of the storytelling. Like everyone thinks of silent movies as like, oh, this was so weird. But like it was a very like, again, it's slow. These scenes last too long and there's kind of comedy in it. But it was it was very emotional at the end of the movie, like when we were watching it with that thing, like, oh, like that love story, like the Titanic, you know, it like, that, it's like it's yeah. like it's all like it's all the same thing.
2: So technical yeah. achievements loom large in all of these. Uh, I think we'd, we'd have to oh, all, I think, all say, you know, right? Um, now,
1: we'll yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the yes, I do think there is sort of a yeah, because it's never like a small it's not like taxi driver like Ben was talking about earlier or something like that. It's just like a small little drama or something.
2: Right. It sounds like you'd yeah. recommend this one to everyone. Uh, or, student, or
1: Only in a the theater. I wouldn't recommend it at okay. home. I mean, it's out on Blu-ray, so it's, you know, people <laughs> like this movie. But, uh, and then we'll, we'll go to the first one. And this is, the, this is even harder to talk about because this is the one I've never seen. I've never seen this movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Is, Naughty. Okay. So you haven't seen it at all.
1: 1915: Birth of a Nation, oh, and yeah. obviously we <laughs> like yeah. it's uh, you saved the
2: best for la- oh, no,
1: second best saved, for last. Second best for last, <laughs> or second last. Uh, you know, it's sort of a i i apparently it glorifies the Klan, but there has to be more to this movie than just that. Okay. And I want right. to see yeah. this movie in Los Angeles, and. There were picketers out front and the guy, the the guy in the theater was like, We're not gonna show this.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> what yeah. year was this?
1: That was two thousand I don't know, four something like uh, that. Okay. Not that yeah. I mean, you know, I guess it's sixteen years ago now, but uh but again, because no one showed I don't wanna see this on TV. Right. I will see it even though it's a Ku Klux Klan recruitment film. Um Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, it's uh, uh th- So did you see Black? uh, I think the most I've seen of it is in Black Klansman, the Spike Lee movie from twenty eighteen, I believe. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think that's the most I've seen uh, of this movie. And uh, anyone (laughs) who's
1: ever like, when I went to I went to NYU Drama School, just to reminisce a little bit, and everyone in the film program, not only had seen that movie, but were like talking about all the film techniques that are used today came out of that movie. Yeah. So like if you're a filmmaking, wow. but not like you have to see this movie, but yeah, yeah. I remember when I was, a, you know, in my twenties, it was things the soft focus, the thing, the thing, the reversal shots, the steady, you know, the moving cam, it wasn't called steady cam back then. Yeah. The, the cutaways, all like all of the language of filmmaking a lot of it, I hate to say, came from this stupid, this horrible, racist movie.
0: Yeah, and I think I read it's the first film with an like a score. I, I oh, think. is that true? one, one of the first uh, with an actual score? That they would it's, give it's, the
1: musicians to play in the movie theater. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if that's yeah. that's how oh, it was. But <laughs> yeah, no, that makes but, sense because. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm not sure. That that's yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But that so, was D.W. Griffith. And, um, yeah. Sorry we have to talk about it, but it's, part, no, it's If you're interested in the history of Hollywood, you got to know about this movie.
0: I, I mean, even, you know, obviously the controversial nature that it has and the, <laughs> uh, the <laughs> racist nature. For an actual, uh, filmmaking standpoint, it did, you know, seem to not. Revolutionize, I I guess is the word you know it kind of uh helped I thought expand from what I
1: understand that it helped create the cinematic language that is still used today right yeah Yeah, like and it's like anyway
0: yeah, one, I mean, I think we're done in. talking about this. Right? this one, yeah, I know.
1: It, we we don't support it, what this movie. The film. You know, we don't it, it was wrong. <laughs> yes. it,
2: it comes in at number twenty-one of all time. That's amazing. You so, it. name yeah.
1: some movies that that are below twenty-one.
2: Uh, okay, so right below it are
1: uh, so more Gre- people watch this movie than Greece. Go ahead. Greece, The Godfather. Yeah. The Godfather, what? Forrest Gump, <laughs> The Lion King, uh
2: The Robe, My Fair Lady, Pinocchio is below it, Shrek 2,
0: Ghostbusters, Love Story, Spider-Man. Below it as in their after 20, as yeah. in uh, ranking, yeah. Yeah, rank, yeah, their rankings. Sorry, uh, I I, yeah, I need say, to learn math. <laughs> did I say
2: uh Independence Day cleopatra saturday night fever home alone okay okay you Hills, get the, i mean
1: i mean no, the big I, one is obviously like the more people saw this than the godfather i, no, have, no, I go. have something
2: about this movie
1: go 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 <laughs> so
2: i i have never seen this film um everything in my in it, inside of me and in the culture says do not watch this film so i did not <laughs> uh, but <laughs> since, since it became um because it's you know Christ, do I want to watch this film? No, I do not want to watch it. But since it was a topic and it was on there, uh, if you go on YouTube, the full length film is actually on there, um, and you I mean, you can watch it if you want. Um, I, what I basically since since I found it, I basically played it, and uh, I don't know. The movie seemed very long. I, I forget, but it clocked in at like two and a half hours or something. It's a silent film, uh, with the exception of the score, as Ben said. I basically clicked through. I clicked through on YouTube for maybe a five minute period of time. Not only is this movie about the KKK, the KKK are the protagonists.
0: Yeah.
2: The I
1: think they're the heroes
2: of this. Movie. Yeah. It's the same thing. Um, and just a couple of things that I saw, uh, there was a, there was a thing where every scene had its own color. So like, uh, that's one of the things I noticed. It'd be like a oh, like a, a blue. Tinted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Blue, red, orange, green, that kind of thing. So every scene had that. Uh, there's, Uh, blackface there are there are are african-americans uh actors in there but also whites uh as wearing blackface um and at the end in terms of technical stuff there is a there's a final uh, i don't know how do i want to call this a kkk rescue at the end that's the finale of the film um and i kind of stuck around for some of it because to be honest For 1915, it looked damn good. Now, of course, the people who are doing it should be the bad guys and not the good guys riding to a rescue. Um, but uh, honestly, it I can see why, uh, in film school, everybody had seen this film. Uh, the way like the the riders were sort of tracked, it reminded me of um what's the Tarantino film where he did the, the KKK thing? It was, it was different there, but um, Django Django and chain. Yeah. Almost yeah. Th- with that same ferocity and, mm-hmm. and, and, and vo- threat of violence. And that look for, well, it's again, from my perspective, this is scary. So it was effective on that level. I don't know. You know, that at the time the audience was, was like, I don't know, it was, it was supposed to do a different thing, but I can see in terms of technical stuff. Um, maybe why, I don't know. This is, it's such a difficult thing. How do you separate the art from the content, or rather the rather the the, the technicals from the, the the content themselves? And I, I just say bury it. That's my that's where I want to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's I I right. I don't know if I can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I literally clicked. It was a it was a five right. minute thing. I'm like, what is no, this thing? No, no, I, I appreciate uh, that
2: you did it. I appreciate that you did it. I took one for the team, <laughs> right? I felt dirty afterwards, but. <laughs>
1: Right. Good luck having your social media attack. Yeah, Um, Dave, thanks uh, for canceling us. Should we edit this? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. (laughs) No, but anyway. So let's bring it all home (laughs) with the the only Disney movie outside of those animated movies that made it onto this list. And it happened in 2015. And if I'm not mistaken, directed by J.J. Abrams. So this is the most... More people saw this... In the teens of this year, because now we're at the 100 years, right? We started in 1915, and they were ending in 2015, right? Right. And that's
0: Star Wars... A Force Awakens. I don't know what episode this is. Is the Force seven. Awakens episode episode seven actually? Wayne right. um, seven. Yeah, it's uh, it's one that you should really know. I saw it. Um, I saw it. I saw, <laughs> it. I saw it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, Force Awakens. I know Dave has his feelings about this film. Well, uh, more
1: more than your feelings about this film. What do you feel about that? This is the only film in the history of movies that is part of another movie that was the number one movie of the the 70s. Like
0: it's not. I like- think that's cool. I mean, I I grew up with Star Wars. Star uh, Star Wars characters were my heroes. Uh, Han Solo, you know, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, all of them, my heroes. And uh, I just I, I remember. Um, I'm I'm just going off my experience and my experience at the theater for this film. Uh, first of all, obviously, it's extraordinary that a film that came out in 1977 still has the impact it does 2015, almost 40 years later at that point. Um, and uh, I just remember smiling ear to ear when the credits rolled. Uh, I saw it by myself opening night. And I think that was the first movie I actually saw by myself. Um, really? To be honest. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just... Uh, uh said it many times on the show it's just one that's always stuck with me i just said it gave me this what i call the star wars feels um and uh yeah just uh and again i know dave doesn't feel the same way you know but uh we're we're two different people okay we're not we're, we're one show but two different people but anyways yes i i love force awakens and uh, i think it uh uh, brought Star Wars back, uh, not talking about the other two films because that's not what we're talking about today. But anyways. But
2: yeah, I mean, you're talking about a story that essentially, the uh, Wayne, that spans four decades, right? Mm-hmm. And it comes back. I mean, there's nothing else. Well, we talked about how, you know, for James Cameron, there's two directors, in, you know, in... in, in, in uh, I'm sorry, one director in two different decades, rather. But one story... In two different One George decades.
1: Lucas story, yeah, I mean that's yep.
2: almost as good in in a sense. And we're talking about cultural impact, and in a, in a way, it doesn't really matter what I think about this film. I think to me, it was a little bit of a disappointment. I didn't like the direction that they went. I thought the end. I thought at the end of Return of the Jedi, that was the end of the story. And if they were going to make more Star Wars, you had to come up with something new, but they didn't. <laughs> and, <Right>. and obviously, <laughs> the culture disagreed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, exactly, yeah. and that's fine. But yeah, I mean, to to that is that is remarkable. This it be, is remarkable. Yeah, the the, the continuation of a really an idea. Then it's not a sequel of a new hope. You know, it wasn't part two. This is like part what is it seven or eight? Yeah. So it's episode
0: uh, seven, seven,
2: right? So that is fascinating as a it, it just really shows uh, how big of a cultural impact it, that Star Wars had in the 1970s and how it continued through generations. All the way up into the 2010s, it is fascinating. I
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I think it is, it's fascinating, especially the teens of the 20, you know, the 2000s. This is the era of the Marvel blockbuster, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I assume that's what it's up against for all of these. uh, Maybe Hangover or something, but it's that it would. it, It was even bigger than all of those. Absolutely. When, right. I assume. Yeah. I assume part of it is you not only got all those Marvel kids that wanted to see it, but you also got like parents that were like, "All right, I'll go see a Star Wars movie." People like up. Uh, people right. like yeah.
2: Ben going to see it by himself, like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know? Exactly.
0: Exactly. You got you got mees, You got mees seeing it. Yeah. 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 Young dads yeah. like oh, <laughs> trying to relive. But I agree. Right. So it's
1: really Cameron and Lucas are the two. Yeah. Right. Yeah, those are the yeah, cultural touchstones of of cinema, essentially. That'd the ones that were able to transcend a little. I'm looking. At, I'm looking at the list right now just to make sure I'm not. And I was suspicious
2: when I saw Force Awakens. I had to be honest. And I, it, as you're looking, Wayne, you know, I'm thinking, what about the the Marvel movies, the Avengers movies? And and if you go because because I know that that list um, from the book is a little is a little bit dated. Just no, it's get. not
1: even on that book. The book doesn't. it, it oh, okay. Stops at 2009, so it doesn't oh, gotcha, even touch yeah. these. Movies. Yeah.
2: But here we are. I mean, on, on Box Office Mojo. Which Tell is, me, what does it say? It's at, uh, at Force Awakens is number 11. And if I go to Avengers Endgame, which I thought would have been higher, honestly, number 16. So well, it's
1: still top 20.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> really but still. But and then we go to the uh, the first Avengers number 29. But uh, honestly, I, I, I was surprised how well that that's that uh the first star wars rather the first uh, not the first star wars the of the new of the sequel trilogy rather the force awakens is that high number 11 all time that is massive
1: can we also when we're talking about people to transcend when we're talking about lucas and uh, james cameron Mm -hmm. i think we have to mention what uh, ben had mentioned earlier which was john williams score oh yeah right Absolutely. Well, he's in here more than
0: anyone,
1: actually. Yeah. If
2: you think about it, yeah, right.
0: Oh, because of E. T. Yeah, yeah, uh, E. Yeah, T. And Star Wars: New yeah. Hope. Uh. Yeah, it so was in three. One? Yeah. So John Williams
2: uh, is the big winner for call for John for- Williams is the
1: and in a way, can we to to just end this whole thing? In a way, he's kind of famous for bringing back big old timey 1930s, 1940s style. Yeah orchestrations because a lot of you know movie scores were getting very like jazz and pop tunes and it was just that and would you agree with that oh yes he connected yeah he connected a
2: modern audience to a classic classic way of watching a movie in a yeah that is fascinating yeah because a lot of stuff now it's scores aren't like that anymore you don't hear anything close to that unless it's more of an art house film yeah that that is Great point, yeah. John Williams, basically over, he spanned even though, you know, he was writing and well, he's writing forever, but yeah, he's 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 borrowing from
1: 30s, 40s, right? Max style. Steiner and all of those guys, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I will have to say, I mean, that, uh, you know, obviously your profile picture on Zoom, uh, Wayne, <laughs> with uh, Arrival, uh, arrival score. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that score. I love that film. Denny Villeneuve. Can't wait to see Dune only because it's Denny Villeneuve. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just, uh, yeah, that score is amazing. I, I don't have the name in front of me. Please tweet it out to me, folks. Tweet me uh who who that was. Um Wayne, <laughs> I do have a tweet uh uh from one of our fans oh. to read. Uh who's the funnier creator to work with, Judd Apatow or Dan Harmon? And since that's <laughs> not going to be answered, no, uh, to uh, what that. what was it like on those sets? Thank you. And that was from Mitch smart Mitch uh, Punpea.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Mitch. Um sorry Wayne. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say that the Judd Apatow sets are a little more he's a little more open to improvisation than it was when I did. I only did one episode of Community. It's not like I was part of that thing at all. Right, yeah. But uh yeah, I think they were a little more like um just say the lines. We're
0: you know, we're, right, yeah. you're not going to be able to add that much. To this. Well, because I know uh, Dan Harmon was the showrunner. Was he actually on the set for that? He was on the that? set. For okay. That. Yes, yeah. he was on the set. Yeah. I mean,
1: that was I don't know if you know this. That's the last scene in community I'm in. The very oh, last okay. shot of community
0: is me. Oh, well. To be honest, me, me and my wife, uh, I've I, I've held back from watching that the longest time. But me and my wife started watching it, and uh, we're we're in the middle of season two, so we're looking forward to seeing seeing your episode. So, <laughs> oh yeah, we have
1: to wait for the end. Can I also <laughs> yep. say that uh, uh, Dan Harmon's current girlfriend or fiance actually. Uh, Cody Heller created a show for Quibi. I don't even know if you guys get into that called Dummy, which is about it's sort of about Dan Harmon and a sex okay. doll. And I have a little role <laughs> in that. That oh, nice. That's uh, so I'm sort of Harmon ad- adjacent a little bit.
0: Are, are, are you
1: the sex doll? No, even better. I'm the sex doll <laughs> man. Oh,
0: actually, that is even I'm better. Ex- actually, it's <laughs> a perfect role for you.
1: <laughs> Second, you. guys know me. Yeah, it's, it's the sure role is. I was born to play.
2: <laughs> Do you like having the ability to to improv? It seems like that's, the, yes, that's your true. strength. Yeah, yeah. That is you kind of feel strength. something out, and then you you f- you find that thing.
1: Yes, like uh, I would say that. Peak Fetterman is my work on Curb Your Enthusiasm, because that, yeah. you write every one of your lines.
0: So, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, they just
1: give you an outline of what the, the scene is, and then you go.
0: How is it working with Larry David? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What's What's he going to say? Oh, it's awful. You
2: know? <laughs> the worst guy I've ever met.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you know the word nightmare,
1: but it's... <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like... It's like uh, no it's obviously it's, it's you know you're it's a genius so it's weird
0: yeah you know? yeah i know i'm it's sure weird. you're yeah. just trying to keep up that's all yeah but how do you uh,
2: how do you control if i can ask one how do you control your laughter even at your own your own stuff or when people are saying something that's the funniest shit you've ever heard in your life you know in that moment how do you how do you keep a straight face and still try to either deliver your line or even even develop an improv on top of that how do you how do you it? Yeah,
1: it's it's sort of a you this is going to sound I, this is why i hate actors talking about acting because they oh, always sorry. sound so pretentious <laughs> and ridiculous but it's sort of the sort of like in a zone that's the only way to describe it Excellent. you're just because you're really as opposed to, like, oh, that's if it. You're really just trying to make the person you're acting with funnier. I know that sounds weird. As yeah. opposed to, you're just trying to concentrate on them and, like, oh, what's how can I elevate what's going on here? How can I add right. to this? So that you're just in. That's the mindset of it. Yeah. So if I'm looking, but he. Through- this is the, to, t- to tell you the truth. Larry David has a bit of a. Uh, As it's been described, a glass jaw, and he cracks up quite a bit. Oh, does he? (laughs) So that that will always make me laugh. That's got to make you feel
2: good too, right? If he's laughing at your stuff, that's got to boost your boost your comfortability and confidence a bit in the moment, right?
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Yes, Yes,
0: Dave.
2: (laughs) Sorry. Yes, then, it makes uh, me feel good.
1: Uh, <laughs> one of the best
2: things that ever happened in my career. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh we we uh we shows kept, <laughs> we've kept you for so long. We really No, I know this one uh, by the way, you
1: know. uh guess what's closed? Five guys. Oh come on! Did I'm we... gonna have to go to McDonald's. I'm gonna have to go to McDonald's.
0: Oh, okay. Well, at least you get to eat, so so that's <laughs> fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. It's but, so I mean, late. I love. I this. know. This, oh, I whatever. It's... Hey, hey. It's eleven. It's midnight here. Okay. It's it's nine o'clock there. All right. <laughs> Five come guys closes at nine. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. Covid, Covid. You just oh. made us feel bad, Dave. Thanks well, a lot, terrible Dave. Now. You just kept talking and talking. and No, talking, I but...
1: enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I re- this yeah. was, and I, I know this is going to sound like you can cut this out, but I feel like, I feel like we discovered some things.
0: I think we did yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> and that's <laughs> we what too. we love. You know, that's why it wasn't we like just doing me talking show. about a movie yeah. that I liked. Yeah, I like. And that's you know how we're trying to encourage people to come on is just. Just have a talk, you know, just have a talk about what we love and what we, you know, want to discover and just, I don't know, just diving deep into these things. It's just... Just, uh, Before we go, the one thing that's been bothering me, maybe Wayne, just real quick,
2: what's the deal with the Ten Commandments? Why was it so successful? (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Dave. Uh,
0: (laughs) Real quick, uh, last question. Wait, why don't you name Uh, some other movies from the 50s while we're at it? Yeah. Yeah, Dave. Uh, so, I'm on the waterfront. That front. was not okay. Okay, we got. Was making fun of you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, we're not doing this what's, anymore. Well, okay. All right, so, so real quick, what, what, what's uh, and I don't want the easy answer to this. All experiences were great when you were even recently, or yeah, recently, because you've been in the business for a while. like yep. what, what, what's a moment where you were just like. I am so lucky for what I do. Like, Oh, I can't believe I'm here. Like I, I'm sure there's many moments, but is there one moment that sticks out to you in particular? Again, I'm not going to accept the answer of, Oh, all moments were great. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to give you that. I feel like
1: I'm a pretty honest guy. Well, I think that, like I said, I think my peak moment comedically on television was doing that scene with those scenes with Larry David, the two times I was on that show. But if I can mention two other things, that just off the top of my head. One was, there was a show, an HBO show called The Larry Sanders Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got to play Larry Sanders' brother, Stan Sanders. And that was, that was one of those, exactly, however you describe that, Ben. I'm just like, I can't believe I'm here. I right. can't believe I get to play this role. I can't believe... I'm not being fired right now. I, you know, I love Gary Shanley. I just thought was a just yeah. a genius in a, a very specific way. So that would be, uh, that would be another one. Yeah. That would be um, another one. Yeah. So, um, sure. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave it at no, that. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, those I mean, two, I would say yeah. those, I would, I would say those career and for ego wise, like in the history of it all, like, Oh, I can't believe I got to do that. I've done so many fun things, but, Being in the movie Legally Blonde is like a big (laughs) kick for me.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I actually I told my brother I was having you on and told him <laughs> you were in Legally Blonde. He was like, "Oh, I've seen that movie a hundred times. Who is he?" And you know, I no, it's him, it's so he's kids, all excited Yeah, it has a great after. It has
1: a great afterlife. It has, yeah, like, definitely, kids, definitely. Like, It's a really sweet movie. So,
0: but, but yeah, like you said with Larry Sanders' show, I mean, obviously that I'm sure that has a soft spot. Gary Shandling, obviously gone too soon. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. Thank uh, you for peace asking. Peace to him. So, um, but all right. Well, that is well, I would like Wayne. Us. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, Dave, you want to talk? Okay. I would like Wayne. Wayne, if you'd <laughs> like to run through uh, the movies of the decade
2: for everybody uh, before we get out of here, I want to thank you so much for coming for coming on. This was an incredible experience. Two episodes, and we we deprived you of five guys, and I don't know how we can make <laughs> it up to you. Maybe we'll we'll get. You could, well, I don't know. You're not going to give us your address, but maybe we could. I'd love to send you five guys if some way possible. But uh, anyway, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> maybe if you can run through that, maybe in chronological order, and uh, yes, maybe so I'll do this. So here.
0: the
1: the whole idea of this show was not only looking at the top movies that made money, but of each decade and how they may be connected. So we start in 1915, which was the top movie of the teens, and we're going to end in 2015 the top movies of the teens of the 21st century. So, so the first one is from 1915, uh, directed by D.W. Griffith, the movie called birth of a nation, very problematic movie, but (laughs) a lot of people saw it and still influential, not because of its horrific message, but because of its film technique. Yeah. Then uh, the biggest motion picture of the silent film uh, era of the twenties was a movie called the big parade directed by King Vidor. Then in the 30s, obviously, everyone knows it, Gone with the Wind, the epic Victor Fleming movie. Then in the 40s, it's tricky because there's Disney movies. Some people think it's Pinocchio. Some people think it's <laughs> uh, This is the Army. Other people think it's Going My Way or The Bells of St. Mary's. We don't know. The 40s is still up, but interesting decade. Of course, that movie has maybe the greatest movie of all time. Citizen Kane or Casablanca from that movie, from that decade then the 50s the epic the 10 commandments from Paramount a remake of a movie called The 10 Commandments by yeah. the same director Cecil B DeMille and in 1965 The Sound of Music a huge musical uh, directed by the guy who edited Citizen Kane then in the 70s Star Wars episode for a new hope, or as I <laughs> never heard Star Wars, never I'm heard 20th Century Fox. And uh, <laughs> then in the eighties, in nineteen eighty-two, a little movie called E.T. directed by Steven Spielberg from Universal Pictures. Then in the nineties, James Cameron dominated the entire decade of the nineteen nineties with a movie called Titanic, an epic movie with a credible scene and a romance, right? Sort of. Then we go into the new uh, romance that doesn't connect with everyone, but (laughs) women saw that movie many, many times because of that romance. And then in the new century, the new millennium, the first one of the first decade happened right in the last year of it, 2009 called Avatar, also by James Cameron, the guy who directed Titanic. Mm -hmm. Like, Just an amazing run for that guy. And then in 2015, a movie that is in itself part of a, a, a long that trilogy it's a, what would you call it it's a series it's a, saga? a film series yeah, saga, saga. A saga yeah, of star wars we're back to star wars which <laughs> in itself was a nostalgic movie both film score wise and because of it's the flash gordon called star wars a force awakens directed mm-hmm. by jj abrams for disney and that's it so now we're starting a new decade and i can't wait to see what the biggest
0: film of this decade is gonna be. I know, man. Yeah, it's uh well, none have really come out yet because of the pandemic. So, you know, that's <laughs> that's that's problematic. I wonder what the number uh, one is. Can we look that up just real like uh, right now? I, who is I, I, is is, I wanna it, say is it, it was Sonic? uh Oh no, wait, so is it trolls, That live trolls thing? <laughs> I wanna say it's uh bad boys, uh, with uh Will Smith and oh, uh Martin it might Lawrence. be that's um 2020 box office. By the way, Wayne, you're booked for the the end of the decade show. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just give me plans or whatever. Well, it'll be fun.
1: It'll be fun, <laughs> guys. Thank. This is for film nerds. Obviously, everyone's yeah. not going to care about you know. <laughs> pinocchio and the, the big parade but i do i do no, i do too yeah, that it's is important, how
0: we uh, are too and uh and the yeah, avatar
2: kinda... the avatar analogy that we that we sort of found it, it is the same thing that jake sully was trying to do is the same thing we do every time we go into a film which is to yeah. go escape into a world and all of these films in some level did that for us and that's what we're all looking for and that's why we love films so much
0: we're Absolutely. all jake sully
2: we are
0: <laughs> yep all right now I'll, I'll, I'll go watch avatar again don't worry um all right folks so that is it for us wayne it's been a pleasure uh sorry we kept you from five guys <laughs> okay. but okay. uh i hope it was at least worth it um and yeah. uh real real quick i know you had you at least had a podcast called the history of stand-up are you still doing that or yeah we, it's uh... a little
1: we're on hiatus a little bit but it's coming it's
0: coming back it's coming back well, okay yeah. any other projects or anything you're Working on that you can talk about? No, other,
1: the last thing I did was that Quibby show that I mentioned uh, called Dummy, and okay. where I play a sex doll um, repairman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's
0: it. My stand-up <laughs> career's been uh, COVIDed. That's cool. are you are you coming up with more material now that yes you're, uh... i do
1: some zoom shows. i do some zoom shows from nice, right here right nice. here right here good
0: stuff well and by I, the way I, I don't
1: know if you know this behind me this big poster this big three sheet is uh from a movie called um it's from dean martin and jerry lewis called the stooge oh yeah i'm a big martin nice lewis fan so anyway
0: it doesn't we nice. never mentioned them okay it's all right Okay, I'm gonna. We, can I leave this thing can I say goodbye <laughs> well you can say goodbye real quick let's just uh, real quick so yeah you're you're uh, Wayne Fetterman they can follow you on Twitter just search at Wayne Fetterman. Fetterman yeah yep uh, and uh, Dave they can follow you at a Dave underscore quiz I am at BC chord you can follow our show at blockbuster cast subscribe to us on iTunes and Wayne is gonna go to McDonald's because we couldn't get him to uh, five guys but that is it for us folks As always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the movies.